Welcome to the Wards on Wheels podcast, a podcast dedicated to random rambling about life in an RV. My name is Morgan Ward. My name is Charlie Ward. In October 2020, we decided to sell our 1,000 square foot home, quit our jobs, and begin traveling the U.S. in our 224 square foot Forest River Wildwood FSX toy hauler. Along with our two dogs and a 1997 Harley Fat Boy, we hope to explore the country and ourselves while living life on the open road. Look at us. We are moving up. Look at us. In the world. Okay. Are we recording? Yeah. What's up? What's up? It's really toasty out. Should we put the awning okay. out? It is really warm. I bet if we put the awning out, it would be a little bit better. Hold, please. All right, that did not Hit help. Hit me, baby, one more time. <laughs> did the, that did not help at all. No. But you know what? Just seeing that it's shadier over there makes it's it's, it's good for Mabel. It makes me feel better. Help save her paint life. Was that the original paint? And like the 1997 paint? No. Sorry, if you hear my laptop complaining, it's because I have viruses. My computer has STDs. Where is my the mouse? The curable kind, though. I don't know where my mouse is. Is it in your paint leg? Help me, Bob Prattley. Oh. It's hot. It's warm. And crispy. This morning we were freezing. Why did why were we freezing this morning, Charlie? I signed my wife up for this race to get her ass up and going at like five forty five this morning. But yeah, you ran what, six miles today? I was supposed to run six point two miles. But, but somebody took a wrong turn and well, went six point seven miles. Here's the thing. It was a an out and back loop race there was no course it was just out and back so the gentleman said for the 10k which is 6.2 miles you do two big loops and two baby loops did he not say that this morning were you paying attention no okay i swear he said do two big loops and two baby loops so by i did two big loops and i was at like 4.6 miles and then I did one baby loop, and I was coming up on six miles pretty fast, and I still had one baby loop to go, and I was like, this ain't right. So I think I was supposed to do one big loop, then and three two, baby loops. One big loop, and yeah, maybe three baby loops, because I ended up running like 6.74. But anyway, it was cool. It was a... It was really cool. It was only like well 30... Uh, I'm assuming probably 35 when we first got there. I mean, yes, it was cold, but it was a cool race, too. Yeah. It was a four-day series. What was it? It was this... Day of the Dead. Day of the Dead. Dia de los Muertos. Yeah. Si. Si. Uh, four-day series, Thursday through Sunday. Each day, you could run a 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon, or 50K. And you could run all four days, any combination of races that you wanted. So if like you wanted to run the 5K and then run the 10K, you Go could do that. It. And there was early start, so you could start at like six six o'clock, and then again at seven, and then again at eight. And then there was one dude that was there that had done what over two thousand different races. I think he said he's done three thirty nine hundred marathons. That was his either his twenty nine or his thirty nine hundredth marathon to date. 
and I did the math. It, it was 3,900 marathons. It was like a hundred. That's 102,000 miles. Holy shit, guys! Like not even including training miles, obviously. Like th- that's just racing miles. So. Holy shit, guy! Yeah. You're gonna you're gonna have sore knees. Your hips are gonna be bad. My hip, yeah. <laughs> my hips are. My hips are bad already. Your hips are great. What are you talking about? They don't feel great. Look good. Thank you. Poor Charlie. Dragged him, <laughs> dragged him out of bed early Boo-hoo this morning. for me. I used to complain that he like never, like, I'm like, you never do anything that I want to do. Well, I'm never going to say that again because <laughs> I've drug you halfway across the country for a year and made you get up early and ride your bike while I run all over the United States and like get you up early for races and so I appreciate Extreme hikes. I appreciate you. <laughs> Thank you. I used to also complain, like, I was like, no one matches, I'm such a, no one matches my fitness level. Like, I can't find, <laughs> can't find any, like, buddies, like, fitness buddies, because, like, I'm just in too good a shape. And then, here you come along. I mean, you've been here a long time, I just but don't, then. I just don't want to do it. All of a sudden, like, you're, like, beating me at foot races and your cowboy boots and, like, like, that one time we did Tough Mountain Challenge and you're just, like. You just sprinted down the mountain, and then like the I next had people day, people like chanting me like, "Yeah!" I couldn't slow down, and if I if I tripped up just a little bit, oh, it would have been. If you guys have ever run downhill and couldn't stop, that was Charlie for like five miles down. The Holy shit, that was wild! Like I had no control over it. And, like the next day, I was so like I could barely walk, and I'm like, "Charlie, are you sore at all?" And he's like, "Nah." So anyway, thank you for matching my my fitness level like I the night with your weight, it. your weight lift over your head squat thing yeah, yeah whatever i don't want to talk about it you're going to try this so i'm like okay i don't want to talk about it I'm like yeah it's really hard i can barely do it and like charlie just busts out like 20 i'm like <laughs> fuck out of here anyway i'm sorry it's okay it's just a thank you lions don't practice hunting they just go out before they, they before they hunt they just go out and they do it yeah if it hurts the next day you'll get through it yeah and then you have a tasty zebra that you have, you know? Tasty zebra? That you, if you're a lion, it, yeah. the being sore is worth it because you have a tasty zebra that you can eat. We also wanted to touch base a little bit about this man we met on Sunday at the pool. Let's talk about the lady that we met the night before first. What do you mean? Which lady? That lives in Jackman. Oh, that was last night. That was, yeah, last night. Yeah, she's from Clinton and they moved to Jackman. Yeah, that's pretty cool. And she grew up on a farm. And I was like, oh, the main accent. I just love it so much. She, you know, everyone from Maine is like, you know Valerie McDonald? You know, you, you met know, her that one time. Yeah, remember Valerie McDonald, but her maiden name was, I can't remember what she said. And I, I'm like, yeah, sounds familiar. Because if you say that, then they just move on. Yeah. If, if, you, if you say, no, I'm not sure if I know her, then they just keep naming people. Like, well, you, you know this person? Because they're from Atkinson. Well, when like, oh. I was out in the bug tent cooking some dinner, and she's like, "Pot of Maine, you from?" I'm like, "What? What pot of Maine are you from? What pot of Maine you from? <laughs> Moosehead area. Oh, I used to live in Jackman. I'm from Clinton, but I used to live in Jackman. I'm a farm girl. I'm a farmer. My dad owned a farm. We've seen the most Mainers here in New Mexico. Yeah. So. And we talked about the last Pretty ones rad. we've met. That was pretty cool. Yeah. 
I think people see our license plates and they're like, what the fuck? I told someone yesterday that Maine, Maine was the wish version of Alaska. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like the Walmart version of Alaska. It's yeah. like, you see like the name brand and you're like, oh, that's really cool. Let me see if I can find a cheaper one. And then like, it looks kind of the same and then you get it delivered and you're like, what the hell is this? It doesn't even look the same. <laughs> uh, that's funny. Okay. Let's tell them about the Frenchman. Canadian. Um, he was a wicked cool guy. We went down to the pool on Sunday, and there's a, a gentleman there with his dog. There's no dogs allowed in the pool, like, which is fine. I didn't even notice the dog until Charlie, because you were behind me. You were taking the trash down, yeah. and then you met me at the pool. And then Charlie came in, and I saw him petting a dog. I'm like, what? There's a dog? I didn't even see her like, coming in. Like, I don't care if there's a dog there. But Well, she was laying there in the corner when I walked in. She picked her head up and looked at me, and she just started wiggling. I was like, can I pat her? He's like, hell yeah. Callie. He just, he just couldn't, like, he was tenting, so, and it was hot. Talking to him. This guy's pretty talkative. Like, there's a spectrum of people, how talkative they are, and from, like, zero to ten, he was, like, a nine. Like, he was straight, very talkative. Yeah. He, he'd been, he's traveling by himself. He's probably excited to talk to somebody. Well, I thought it was interesting, because he, he kept saying, we travel, we travel, we do this. But he was talking about him and his dog, and I was like, because I assumed he had someone with him, but no, he was talking about his dog. And so, yeah, he was from, from Canada, and he said, basically, to sum it up, the whole conversation, is he was fleeing Canada because it's becoming a communist country. Because they're mandating vaccinations. You have to carry a vaccine passport on Twice. your phone. You have to you have, be double You have to have double vaxxed. Now they have a booster. I'm sure they're going to have to mandate that, too. But to even go into a grocery store. Or, they had to do anything. Or a restaurant. So, and then um, they have such strict gun laws up there that you have to have a special license to carry a to firearm. To even have it. To have to it. own it. You, and you can't let anyone else borrow it. You can't let anybody borrow it. When you travel with it, you have to take the shortest route. If you get yep. pulled over with it in your vehicle or on you, then they're going to... Like at, they're gonna They'll arrest you. They're gonna arrest you because they want to see where you've been with it, what you've done with it. Like they, yeah, they said he said you can only bring it from your house to the gun range. Yeah, that's it. You can't bring it anywhere else. And if they find you with a with it on you in a place where you're not supposed to have it, like you're done. You're going to jail. Yeah, which is just. But yeah. I don't understand that at all. So he he's fleeing his, his country. He can stay in the United States for six months, and then he said. He's going to go to Mexico, Mexico. (laughs) which is about 40 miles from where we are. are, So it was just interesting because I feel like people think we have it so bad in the United States. And, you know, it is it is complicated and and we are losing some of our rights, but it's really bad in Canada. And there are some other things, too, that he talked about, what they're not allowed to do and kind of about like the leadership that's going on there. There they have 82 percent. single vaccination per popula populace population population and like 75 percent double vax and the is that a prime minister yeah is still shut like still everything's closing shut everything's done. Down. he had to he couldn't drive across the border into the united states he had to fly from i don't know where he's from vancouver or something from vancouver to maine where did he fly to uh I thought it was up by the Great Lakes. Oh, yeah, up by the Great Lakes. So he had to fly 
across the border and have his car shipped. Yeah, it cost him about three grand yeah, to cross to the border. They're going to put his car on a truck and they're going to drive mm -hmm. the truck across the border and then he can yep. pick his car up. Yep. And for the, there was a helicopter that he took. A helicopter? Because with his dog. You yeah. can't fly with a big dog like that, like on carry on. So uh, he said all, it all cost about between 2500 to 3000 to jump the border for only six months. Yeah. But, like, that's just crazy. It's wild. But another thing he said, like, people up there, none of them have spines. Like, they all just agree to whatever is being said to them. Um, if you know the pen is red and they tell you it's blue, you better say it's blue or you're going to be punished. That type of crazy shit. So, yeah, like, thank you, America. Fuck yeah, we have spines and we're going to not do what the government always tells us to do. Well, and he was just saying that he thinks that's the reason why... You know, it hasn't got gotten as bad here is because there are people that are, that are resistant and that yeah. are fighting back. So, like, no, this is what we're gonna do. This is how we were born and raised, right from wrong. Well, it's not even a matter of right and wrong. It's like being able to choose that for yourself. Like what sense. you think. I mean, well, yeah. What you perceive to be right or wrong, like there is no perfect way. There literally is not a perfect way. No. Like, for how many people there are on this earth, there's no one perfect way. And I think that having an ability, to, having the ability to choose what is what your perfect way is, is a human right. That's a basic human right. Mm. So I don't know. I'm I'm kind of a wild card because I'm fully vaccinated, but I don't <laughs> I don't mask. But you had but, to because of, right and like you work in the medical field. The booster's available, but I'm not going to get it until they mandate it. Like I'll I'll rebel until it's like okay like. Okay, you're forcing me to like. I don't know. It's. it's I'm a badass till this date. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell to the mother freaking yeah. So all those you're like, oh no, the United States is so bad, and I. Canada. Uh, uh, Canada. <laughs> Canada is becoming a communist country. Yeah. So. And then he was talking about his healthcare system and all that. Which, Who the fuck wants to go to Canada anyways, though? I mean, really. Fuck Canada. No, I mean, Canada's beautiful. Why? It used to be cool. But you can smoke weed up there. I don't give a fuck. Which I don't understand. I don't but, even okay, care. Okay, whatever. So what? I don't know. It's just, like I said, there's no it, one person. It's no different than California way. Chicago. It's legal to do drugs there, but you can't own firearms. Yeah, like, I think in, like, <laughs> Oregon, you can do heroin, too. Like, yeah, crack. Like, Want to go shoot up, guys? Let's go we'll get a shoot fucking up clean needle. And then go to the shooting range. Let's do yeah. some crack, and then go shoot some guns. Fucking Sounds safe. Fucking A. Alec Baldwin safe. Right? Pew, pew. So anyways. Nobody taught me not to point a fake gun or any type of gun. So anyway, I started blasting. Yeah, remember that kid? <laughs> remember that kid? There was a kid one time that your mom was babysitting, or someone's kid, at your old Greenville house, and he had a toy gun, and he just kept, like, pointing it, it at was you a wooden, shooting. It was a wooden pop gun. Like, yeah. And you took it, and you, like, I, I break smashed it? the fucking thing. I broke it into pieces. Because <laughs> you told him, like, don't point that at people. Like, don't point that at people. And he just kept doing it, and you, like, took it from him and, like, smashed it, and the kid fucking started crying. Yeah. Little and, like, bastard. At the time, I was like, what the hell, Charlie? Because, like, I didn't... No, fuck that. I wasn't into guns at that time, but, like, now I understand. Like, yeah, you don't... Just don't fuck don't, around. You don't point that barrel at something unless you intend on using it. Like, you should be such a good gun owner that, like, putting a squirt gun in your hand feels awkward to pull the trigger at somebody. Yeah. 
Like, even to pretend, like, you take your hand and make it into a gun figure and you point it at me, like, I'm gonna be offended by that. Unless we're fucking around. But if somebody walked... I don't walked, want to do it to you. But, yeah, but if Still somebody walked by me and was just like... I'd be like, bro. Ah, don't point that thing at me. <laughs> like, um, I have an issue with that. How do you keep your finger off the trigger if your finger is the trigger? Exactly. It's not safe to do that. It's not. It's That's not a, safe. It's a good way to get hurt. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're gonna get your finger broken, pal. Something. Old pally. You feel that? <laughs> so yeah. So anyway, I started blasting. What? <laughs> you don't. You don't point guns at people. Yeah, just don't. Like, you know, even if it's a. Well, they were calling it in that article. I don't. If you don't know what we're talking about, look up Alec Baldwin and Rust. Alec Baldwin, friggin' shot two people on the set of his new show. Um because there were supposed to be blanks in this gun and there weren't blanks, there were live rounds. Anyway, just just don't. That's why you don't point guns at people. Yeah. So <laughs> fake yeah. or not fake. Exactly. Just don't do it. But also on the in some of the articles, they were calling it a cold gun. Like the producers or directors will say, like cold gun on set. Like, okay, double check it and don't say cold gun, say clear. Like there's that just you can just tell it like they don't have no, they don't the etiquette. The, they don't know what the fuck they're talking about. They're Democrats writing these reports. And... There's all kinds of conspiracies too about like the people that he shot were in on some kind of exposure of celebrity pedophile rings. Like you know how that goes. It just it can tunnel into oh, this. Yeah. It goes hole. into a rabbit hole. Oh hell yeah. Give it a month or so, and then the truth will come out. Or not. Or not. Or we'll just never hear anything about it again. No. Which is what some of those sometimes things happen like that. Yeah. It's a big deal. It's not important. And then, like, someone put, actually my uncle put something about um, the storm on the Capitol building. Remember? Mm. Like, people died or whatever, and they went to the White House. And I kind of forgot about that because it hasn't been talked about in the, in the media for so long. Mm. I don't watch. Um... Right. Well, and so now that I'm working at a hospital, uh, there's a lot of daytime TV in, like, patients watch during our therapy sessions. So, like, they'll be doing their exercises and, like, the news will be on and I'll just be, like, watching it. So, I get, like, a little bit of information, but it's all terrible. And it's all scripted and it's all, you know, forcing the, the narrative of, you know, what the network wants the people to talk about. Mm -hmm. What a week, huh? Craziness. Right? It's freaking hot, man. Another week down. Three, three weeks down. Going by fast. You know, it's a nice little community that we're in. It is. I just came out this morning and I was like, I'm going to miss this. Because it's like so warm and like clear. Never rains. kind of miss the rain. I do, too. And I miss the snow. I'm just going to be honest. Yeah. It is pretty. Mm. And I don't mind moving it, really. <laughs> Not really. Because <laughs> you do it all. Oh, thank, Whatever. Thank you. Whatever. I help sometimes. I enjoy it. I know, I know you, you help. I know you do. You help me. Yeah, I, I no, never said you didn't. Fun. Shut the <laughs> So how about that Halloween scary story? Yeah, right, so... The bowling alley shit that we went by. Right, so I'm going to talk about that. Um, Halloween is today. Well, when this comes out, it'll be Halloween. This is the day before, but... So we figured we'd talk about a couple of creepy stories. Because... Boogie, boogie, boogie. I like... Creepy stories. Do you like creepy stories? Hell yeah. 
I like fucked up shit. I listen to all kinds of weird shit. I like fucked up shit. So I'm looking for like a murder mystery in New Mexico, and there's one that happened right here in Las Cruces. Right down the road. In 1990. But before we, before I go into that, there's a couple different things that are like a big deal down here in um, Southwest New Mexico. Are we Southwest? Yes. Okay. And like, so there's a lot of Native American culture around here, and so they have a lot of like folklore and superstitions and like a lot of stories. I think it's. I think skinwalkers are big with Native Americans. Do you know what a skinwalker is? I know what a skinwalker is. But knock on wood, I've never seen one. But that you know of. That I know of. Because they can shapeshift. Yeah. And the creepiest part is, like, they pretend that they're in distress. Yeah. So you'll hear, like, you'll be on help a walk. Me. Yeah. And someone will be, like, screaming, help me from the woods. And you're like, and then you go, and then they, like, lure you in. But I guess you become a skinwalker if you murder a family member. Oh. Yeah, and then as a as a skinwalker or like a wendigo, you're always hungry, but and you eat human flesh, but you're it's an insatiable hunger. So, no matter how much how much you eat, you just are still hungry, but you're like really like wasting away. Nice. It's like that movie Thin. Mm. Remember that? Stephen King, right? Yeah. Down here at the Day of the Dead. It's big November 1st and 2nd. It's just two days where you celebrate the death of your past loved ones. And so they just, they have like, it's almost like, not like Thanksgiving, but they have like big feasts and parties. And it's like celebrating all of your ancestors and the people that have passed. You want me to get to it? Are you going to tell them about the bowling alley? Yeah. There's one more thing that's pretty popular down here that is kind of in mainstream horror. There's a... It's a ghost. She's pretty well known. Uh, Lola Rona. La Larona. And she's the weeping woman. The wailer. Which fucking creeps me out. Doesn't that creep you out? If someone's wailing? But yeah, no, that would be like hor horrible to hear that. You're just like taking a nice stroll ah. <laughs> down by the Rio Grande ah. and you just hear some like some woman fucking wailing. Yeah. No. My question is why are you walking by the Rio Grande in the dark? I mean we were there this morning. Did you hear any wailing? It was dark. There was all kinds of people hooting and hollering. I was scared. I sat in the truck. Ah. That's what I think like wailing is. <clears throat> um so yeah, I just wanted to cover on her a little bit because she's kind of a big folklore around like southern New Mexico, like southwestern. It's just one girl? It's one woman. She roams the waterways mourning her children that she drowned. Oh. Luckily there's no water in the Rio Grande <laughs> right now. She, she bone drowns drowned. them into the sand. <laughs> drowns them in the sand. The story has many versions, but the basic version is that a beautiful woman named Chatitli, Sachitli, it's spelled X-O-C-H-I-T-L-I. X-O? X-O. Zachitli married a ranchero conquistador with whom she bears two children. One time, so she sees her husband cheating on her with another woman, and she just becomes, like, so rageful in this, like, fit of rage. She takes her children to, to the river and drowns them, and then she, like, realizes what she's done and feels so guilty that she drowns herself. Drowns and then herself? She drowns herself. And then, because... How'd she, she do it? She... What do you mean? Like the, she put the water over her head. She probably just, like, floated down and just took a deep breath in. 
like a big wet hug from God. Oh. How would you drown yourself? I mean, that's a weird question. I would need weight or something. I wouldn't be able to Maybe just, she like, took drink some water. big river walks. River rock. Maybe she took some river rocks and, like, held them. Just, like, well, I'm just saying, like, if you want to drown yourself, like, do you go down hold your breath until you pass out? Or you just, like, take a big breath in? That's what I mean. Like, you fucked up. You just, is, like, took a big fun. breath in. In this, in one of the stories, like, in a lot of other different cultures, too, if you take your own life, you're not allowed into heaven or the afterlife so you're forced to wander the earth in purgatory so that's what she does she so there's a couple of different versions she's been known to she, she wears a white dress and she just like floats around being all creepy wailing nice like shut the fuck up Lola Rona. i'm like trying to read my book eventually she's gonna make it to the west coast i mean yeah or mexico something uh so she she either hangs out by the water and children have been known to see her. I forgot our dog was out here that just jumped the shit yeah. out of me. It's, it's, he it's wears the whaler. white. <laughs> he is the whaler. Yeah. He either children see her by the waterways and they she's either warning them not to go too close to the water or the other version that I heard is that she lures them into the water. So yeah, that's La La Rona and there's a there's like a couple different movies about her. Really? Yeah. There's, on Netflix, I think you can look it up. Oh. La Verona. If you see a woman dressed in white down by the Rio Grande. Rolling around sand in sand. in her vagina. <laughs> no wonder she's wailing. She's just a bunch of sand in yeah. her vag. Does anybody have a baby wipe? <laughs> baby wipes. Cup of water. <laughs> water. My poochie. Sorry, La Verona. Please don't haunt me in the middle of the night. Yeah, ah. she's going to float down through the water system and like pile up on the sandbag. I like go and there's like no more baby wipes in the in the camper. And, <laughs> and it's like, all sandy what? footsteps going into the yeah. bathroom. There are just some important things Yeah. that, that uh, this, this area of the country kind of believes in. And yeah, so we're going to talk about the Las Cruces Bowling Alley Massacre. Nice. Yeah. I actually drove by the building yesterday. Yes. And it's pretty fucking creepy yes <laughs> now that we know the story but yeah it's like five miles away from where we where we are so the las cruces bowling alley massacre occurred on february 10th 1990 in las cruces new mexico seven people were shot three of them fatally wounded including a two-year-old and a six-year-old child charlie doesn't know this story i haven't this is the first time you're hearing about it like i told you a little bit about it this is why every citizens should be armed well yeah this was the 90s i'm not sure what was going on back in the 90s I mean, as far you, as like gun control yeah. or like whatever it was, wasn't was like that clinton was clinton in office in 1990 it was either him or bush <laughs> the crime was committed by two unidentified gunmen who also stole five thousand dollars from the scene and set the bowling alley office on fire before fleeing so i looked it up five thousand dollars back in 1990 was equivalent to like ten thousand five hundred today i watched a little like youtube story on it and it said that the witnesses like the people that actually survived and we'll get to that seemed like the gunmen were not really looking for the money they just kind of stumbled upon the safe that it was in and told one of the women to open it they were actually looking through like file cabinets and stuff like looking for other it hmm. seemed like they were looking for something else and like this will that will make sense later in the story um the crime still goes unsolved to this day. Like, they have never found 
the two gunmen that committed the crime. The, bully, uh, the bowling alley's manager, Stephanie Senak, 34 years old at the time, went into work that morning just like any other morning to open up her business. Her father, Ron, who was on a golf trip in Arizona, owned the business, but she just ran it. That morning, she took her 12-year-old daughter, Melissa, and her daughter's 13-year-old friend, Amy Hauser, to work with her because the bowling alley also had a daycare and the two young girls helped to watch the children. Another woman named Ida, and I don't know if I put her last name in here, but was in the bowling alley's kitchen that morning that served both the alley and the daycare. She was getting things like ready for the day, like turning on the fryers and it was a Saturday. So I guess it was like Saturdays were like a busy day for them. So they were all there like early, like getting ready. A short time uh, after the two women and two young girls arrived, the bowling alley's mechanic, Steve Taran, 26, showed up because he didn't have childcare for the day. So he brought his daughter, Valerie Taran, two, and stepdaughter, Paula Holgan, six, to the alley with him. By the time Steve had arrived to work, the gunman had already arrived and had been inside the building. Apparently, Stephanie's daughter and her friend said they were hungry, and they asked Stephanie for some change so they could get some snacks out of the vending machine before customers started arriving, but they actually never made it to the vending machines because they met the gunman on their way there, and the gunman, like, turned them around and forced them back into the office where they were coming from. The two gunmen confronted the girls and forced them to return to the office where Stephanie was busy getting ready for the workday. One of them demanded they lie on the ground while the other went to the kitchen to get Ida from what she was doing. Steve then arrived with his two children and was ordered to the ground in the office to cower on the floor with the rest of the employees, Stephanie, Melissa, Amy, and Ida. The gunman then took money from the bowling alley safe, $5,000. Another thing is they weren't wearing gloves or masks. I feel like when you're a criminal and you're going to rob somewhere, like rob a place for money, not intending to kill anyone and like letting people go, you wear masks, right? So they can identify you. So I feel like that's like a red flag. Like they, knew, they didn't give a fuck. They, or they knew there wasn't cameras in there. Like they didn't get any video of these guys. Like doing well, I just this mean shit. like I don't think or, like so. fingerprints. Not like, back then in the '90s. I don't think they had like closed circuit television everywhere like they do now. Yeah. And like if you if you know that you're not going to kill the person that's witnessing you rob a place, like yeah, you know, like obviously if, if someone survived, they would be able to tell like your description. If you go in unmasked and you plan on fucking killing them all, I would assume I don't know. Yeah, I'm not that fucked in the head. So they then, after they took the money, they then shot everyone in the office in the head or in the body like multiple times. I think they said there was like 25 shots Holy fired. Fuck. Yeah, it was a 22 caliber pistol. Pistol. They both had guns. Um. So yeah, they shot everyone in the office, including the two children, who were just two and six. Uh, this was just like a noteworthy part of the story, which is kind of sad, if you think about it. Steven Senak, who is Stephanie's brother, so like Stephanie the manager, this is her brother, came to the bowling alley earlier that morning to pick up his backpack that he had left there the day before. When he arrived, he saw the front doors were open, and it was like before opening, so he's like, that's weird. And he, like, went to actually tell Stephanie, like, hey, just make sure you close the doors before you open. Like, anybody could get in here or whatever. He saw the two front doors were open and that two men were walking through the parking lot from the back of the building. He saw them pass a small case between them. But he didn't think anything of it. Like, didn't think that was weird at all. And so he just picked up his bag, like, told Stephanie to, like, make sure you shut the doors, said goodbye, and, like, went about his day. Not long after, those two men, like, came in and, you know... It's just kind of sad when you think about it. I don't know, it just makes me think, like, if you see something that you think is just, like, a little bit weird, like, 
just be a little more cautious, I guess. I don't know. So I'm not saying it's his fault. Like, what would he, what would he done about it? Like, they both had guns or whatever. If you see something that's just, like, a little bit weird, like, it's, it couldn't hurt to be a little overly suspicious, you know what I mean? He just went like, oh, the doors are open, there's two random men I've never seen walking into the building. Eh. See you guys later. Like, that seems odd, right? Yeah. I don't know. So, Stephanie's daughter, Melissa, was shot in the head five times, okay? But she was still conscious, and she was able to find the phone to call the police. And, like, she had literally just learned how to call 911, like, the week before in school. Holy she, shit. So, she is... She's the 12-year-old. Um, Stephanie, Melissa, and Ida were the only survivors. Steve, Paula, and Amy all died at the scene. The two-year-old Valerie was pronounced dead on arrival at the hospital. The Las Cruces Police Department immediately dispatched local law enforcement, and soon after, Border Patrol, U.S. Custom Customs, and even the U.S. Army became involved as the Mexico border is only an hour away. They put up roadblocks. They began searching vehicles. They even found a car full of four people, four men. They found $12,000 in cash. <laughs> Like, holy fuck. Um, and however, when they were brought in for questioning, Steve Terran said that none of them were the men he saw in the parking lot exchanging the small case between them. So, um, police felt that they needed a clearer picture of the two men, so they decided to have Steve talk to, a, uh, talk to a sketch artist. And Steve described the men, one being older than the other in his late 30s or 40s, 5'5 in height, medium build, between 160 and 80 pounds. The younger suspect was in his late 20s, between 5'6 and 5'8 in height, with a medium build and around 190 pounds. And I read in one place that one of them had um, an American accent and one of them had a Hispanic accent. So, hmm. but I actually listened to the police call, like that Melissa called the police, like the 911 call, yeah. which is really hard to listen to, honestly, and I can play it for you after this, but... She said, it was really sad. She just kept saying, it hurts, like, ow, ow, it hurts. Like, please hurry. The place is on fire, right? Because they, like, lit papers on fire to, like, burn the building down. It was just really sad. And But she said it was two black men. Hmm. But um, the drawings look like, you know, they're kind of, like, Hispanic and one is white. I don't know. Not that it matters, but it's just interesting how... Like the interpretation of like what how people see different things. There have been hundreds of leads, thousands of tips, but nothing has led them to solving the crime. There was even an episode of unsolved mysteries about it. Ron, Stephanie's father, who was the owner of the bowling alley, returned from his golf trip when he heard the news that you know this had happened. But he opened the bowling alley only six days after the incident occurred. What? Oh yeah. You wait. You wait. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you about Ron. That's where it sounds. That already sounds fucked up. I'm gonna tell you about Ron. Sounds like Ron hired somebody, and I don't even know the story yet. Ron was never a quote-unquote person of interest or suspect, but the city did look to him as someone who knew more than he put on. According to Ron, he had worked very hard with the police to find any potential leads for the killings, but the police had a different story. They actually said that Ron was tough to track down and that he didn't provide much information about the crime. So he's yeah. like ignoring their calls and stuff. So this is this is also a noteworthy thing that I read on one of the websites. In March of that same year, so this happened in February. In March of the same year, so like the next month, someone named James Chapman, who was the custodian of Rio Rancho Lanes in New Mexico, was murdered. This is the bowling alley that used to be owned by Ron until it went bankrupt years earlier. It's like that was just like a weird connection. That like Ron used to own this other bowling lane and the janitor of that 
place was also murdered a month later. So, I don't know. Sometimes things aren't really connected. They just like seem like they should be, but that just seems kind of fishy to me. In 1991, the bowling alley was sold at auction by the bank and Ron Senak went bankrupt with the business uh, being foreclosed. It opened again years later, being called Tenpin Alley, but then closed its doors again in 2018. <laughs> this is interesting. It had 3.5 stars on Google. And then uh, Stephanie Senak, who was managing that alley at the time of the shooting, she eventually died in 1999 due to issues with the injuries she received in the shooting. I didn't get any details about like what those issues like um, were, but her daughter Melissa survived and she would now be 43 years old. But I have no idea if she like still lives in the area or whatever. That is the story of the Las Cruces Bowling Alley Massacre. That's and they crazy. still have not solved. That's crazy. There's been no like leads at all. Like they, those two men just like vanished. But there was also, I was reading, like, there's some conspiracies about Ron being involved in, like, drugs or, like, owed someone money. Someone, like, really, really bad owed them money. Or, like you said, like, they, he, like, hired somebody to kill everyone and get the money because he was bankrupt. And so he, like, just happened to be out of town on a golf trip when this happened. Yeah. So he had an alibi. Yeah. So... Anyway, most of that information came from TrueCrimeEdition.com, Wikipedia, and I watched the, you can get the 911 call of Melissa Cenac on YouTube. And then there's also a documentary called A Nightmare in Las Cruces. I don't, I don't know where you can access that. I, I wasn't able to find it anywhere, but I think it premiered recently. Crazy shit, man. Not crazy shit, man. Every town's got a story, one way or another. Yep. I just, that was so long ago, 1990, that was 30 years ago. Mm. So I feel like only the people that would remember it would have had to been like, at least in their teens, early 20s yeah. at the time. Oh, and I guess Ida, I mean, obviously the kitchen lady survived, but I couldn't find any information about her, like where she is or like her last name or anything. But Probably like fuck it and fell off the grid. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, when you witness something like that, fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, the 911 call, too, was like, oh, and she, she was like, my mommy. Which she survived, but then she died in 1999. But, like, it was just really, it was kind of messed up. Mm. I don't know. Well, everyone go out and buy a gun. <laughs> Seriously, though. I mean, if they had had some kind of firearm. They, they might have been able to save. At least. Like, them or someone else or. Yeah, I just, I just feel for the guy, like, Steven, the brother of Stephanie, like, just seeing those two guys come in and, like, yeah. not do, like, I'm not saying it's his fault, obviously. He couldn't have, probably couldn't have done anything to prevent it, but, like, like he just didn't think that was weird. It just made me think, like, was he in on it? I don't know. Uh, he picked up a backpack. Yeah, what was in the backpack? I don't know. I don't know. You'll never know. Yeah. So what are we doing today? For the rest of the day. So, moving on from that horrendous murder. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to go to a brewery. We are going to go check out Pe the Pecan Grill, which is across town. And check out their beer and their food. A little lunch. So this is number five brewery. I believe so. We'll see. We've been to Picacho Brewery. Yeah, it's number five. Truth or Consequences. That little brewery downtown. Icebox. Oh, Icebox, and then, yeah, Pecan Grill, so. 
five. I mean, brewery number five. Yay. My favorite overall is Picacho. Yeah. Brewery. Their beer is the best, and they have good food. Yeah. They're dirty blonde. Yeah. And then maybe you come back and sit by the pool. I don't know. It's hot enough. I know. It's just going to get hotter. New Mexico gets hotter, like, as the afternoon goes on. Around two o'clock, it's a bitch. <laughs> yep. It's hot. It was pretty chilly mm -hmm. last night. It was chilly last night. I was walking, when I took Buddy for his first loop, my eyes were watering, my nose was running. I was like, holy fuck. This morning? Yeah, it was oh, cold. Oh, it meant last night. Yeah, it was Yeah, cold. it was cold this morning. My, during that race this morning, my fingers were so numb. Like, I was con a little concerned about my middle finger. Like, it didn't, it didn't get warm until, like, mile three. I was like, oh, well, there's some frostbite. I'll just have to snip that off in a good old game of truth or dare. Dude, it was fucking... <laughs> <laughs> it was fucking chilly. I sat there on the pin table until you came back for your first lap, which you totally ignored me, but I got you on video. And uh, then I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I'm going to sit in the truck. Like, that's fucking cold. There were some costumes. Did you see some costumes? Oh, yeah. Some people were wearing some costumes. I saw a couple people cheat and jump the corner. <gasps> What? Yeah. That is unacceptable. unacceptable. I ran an extra half a mile, damn it. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's not the first time I've done that. The older guy was like, hey, hey, hey. Here oh, yeah. Around. Yeah, he was funny. He was something. There was, a, there was a 10K in Greenville that I did that I totally missed a turn. And then I had the embarrassing task of running the opposite way of all the other runners. And they're like, are we going the wrong way? And I was like, no, no, it's me. But yeah, that was embarrassing. Oops. All right, well, I'm going to finish this beer and creatine. <laughs> Yummy. <laughs> so I can have a buzz and get yoked at the same time. What? Yeah, creatine builds muscle. Oh. So if you put your beer in your creatine. I thought yolks. What? What? Not that kind of yoked. Don't be dirty. Alright, well, we're gonna we're gonna go get ready to go to the brewery and uh, hope you enjoyed some of the creepy things we talked about today. And the shit that we're living right down the road from. And uh, don't go to Canada. And, fuck Canada. Uh, <laughs> uh, California. Let's see, what, Chicago. What else? Um, stay, stay wild. wild.